So on this week's Minnesota, I talked about like um, crushing your self-limiting doubts and challenge you guys to write everything down and rip it up or throw it in a fire because that shit doesn't exist. So we're going to kind of build on that today and I'm actually here with my good friend Emily. Uh, she actually lives down the street from me and <laughs> us virtually meeting this morning is the closest we've gotten to like physically seeing each <laughs> other. <laughs> but we're going to dive into talking about depression and like the comparison game and basically like how all of the little things kind of add up and sometimes it becomes a lot. So if you've ever struggled with depression or you currently are, um, this will be some good information for you because Emily and I are both along our own healing journey and have kind of dealt with our own things and still continue to, but I mean, it's so important to talk about, so. So excited to have you. So you are my what? You're my second guest, I think, but I'm super excited because the first guest I had, um, if you guys missed it, we talked about the millennials and the hookup culture and all of that fun stuff. So I think this will be kind of like a fun change of pace too from that. <laughs> Yeah, that, I love that episode. That's so fascinating. It's crazy. Too. Oh my gosh. I love to study sociology in college just because like I was in the midst of it. Like I wasn't in the midst of all of that, but like I had so many other things going on, you know, like dealing with my own mental health and everything. So to be able to like study that and see it happening was like, I don't know. It was yes. kind of crazy. <laughs> And can we just point out how much college contributes to depression? <laughs> Seriously, though. Like, for like, real. Like, I um, I dropped out, like, three times, and every time I was just so depressed. And I also think it was just because I was in the wrong field, and I was doing the wrong... Um, I was just not in the right um, degree for what I wanted. I was in a nursing nursing field. Oh, God. Which, if if anyone knows me that that's just not not my jam no not my thing not me either and like I know so well not so many people but like I know enough people that were in nursing programs that were like taking some of the same classes that I was and there's this one girl in particular who like I think of and she just looked so exhausted every single day like, yeah. even in the dead of winter, she would just be w literally wearing her Birkenstocks to class. Like, no socks, nothing. Like, just putting on the bare minimum. I'm like, girl, holy shit. But, like, you have to kind of wonder if maybe sometimes it's more than the studies that lead to that level of exhaustion. Because when yeah. you are depressed, like, even the most, like, the things that light you up the most when you're depressed are still the most taxing to get ready for. Uh -huh. And yeah. like, I can remember so many times where friends would be like, oh, don't you want to go do, do this? Like, why don't you? Or like, I would just like randomly start turning things down. And I guess that was probably before I realized that I really was depressed. And like, that's what depression felt like. Right. But like, I didn't have anybody really that could talk about it. Because like in my mental health episode on here, like I talked about my family and just how we're kind of the pull yourself up from your bootstraps kind of people and we don't necessarily talk about a lot we're more like action oriented and just like keep living your life basically like even when death happens in our family so I just didn't yeah. know what the hell to do <laughs> yeah and um I also think that it has a lot to do with passion and purpose and if you're in something that you don't feel aligned with and you don't feel actually excited about like mm -hmm. obviously you're not going to be excited all the time no but if it's like zero percent of the time and all it does is make you feel like shit and drain you and stress you out like that's just not sustainable and that's not something that 
I would recommend doing. No. <laughs> because I stayed in it way too long. I was there for three years and I had, I was so close to being done and yeah. I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I was like, I don't give a shit how long I have to go back to school for and start a new degree. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do this. No, because like in the end, doing it again will be worth it because you'll be, you know, you know you're going to be doing what you want to be doing. Yes, exactly. And um, that's just how everything really started for me is like being so out of purpose. Like I just had absolutely no passion, no purpose for anything I was doing. I was a server also, so that didn't help, especially being an empath. Oh, yeah. um, oh my God. <laughs> feeling everybody's shit just in the restaurant, like people going in and out and there's drama and there's negativity. And then there's like, just all of this motion and movement and stuff. So I learned a lot from that season in my life. Mm-hmm. And I learned that when you, when you feel misaligned with something, I don't care like how long it takes you to get aligned and to get fucking aligned, mm-hmm. like start your journey there. Um, because that's where you will meet like, depression and anxiety like the healing starts to come Mm -hmm. from line and it's so hard to have both too like I feel like when I was at my lowest low was when I really started to feel like I'd feel nervous like your typical like nervousness but then like the very anxious thoughts or like the crippling anxiety where like you literally feel sick to your stomach and you cannot get out of bed would start Mm -hmm. to take over and I was like what is this? Like, I don't know what's happening to me. And like, even last summer when I was going through like my major friend breakup with the whole wedding thing that I was telling you about, I would wake up in the morning. Steven would be getting ready for work. So it'd be like six, seven in the morning and I'd be doubled over in bed or in the bathroom or like rocking back side to side, like crying. And I would feel like I'm going to throw up and like, I just, my, I needed to like get out of my skin Uh And Stephen would be asking me, like, why is this happening? Like, what's wrong? And I would literally say, I don't know. I can't stop it. I don't know. And, like, I know I'm having, like, an anxiety attack. I'm built right now. Yeah, so do I because it's crazy. I that is literally the exact same thing that would happen to me. Like, I just knew that I didn't want to be in whatever position I was in. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like... I don't know what I need to do, but, like, I need to get the fuck out. Like, I don't, that's the only way to explain it. Yeah, and I think, for me, it was happening at the same time, like I said, that that whole breakup was going on, but, like, the breakup <laughs> hadn't been initiated yet, so I was just, like, in my head about, like, am I not good enough? Like, why I thought we were better friends than this. Like, what do I do? Do I keep ignoring? Do I, you know, speak my mind and deal with those repercussions? And then finally, once I spoke up, all of those like anxious feelings were gone, but then I had a load of other shit that I had to deal with. Yeah. And, um, the guilt and shame and rejection, those, all of those things, those, um, contribute to anxiety because they're such low vibrations mm-hmm. and we don't realize that when we're in the moment. But you know when you're, like, at a high vibration. You know when you're at a low vibration. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, one tip I have for everybody who's listening is if you feel really low or you feel depressed or you feel anxious, whatever it is, make sure, like, you check in with yourself and, like, ask yourself, what is this feeling? And what vibration is it at? Um, Because contentment is, like, 
right there close to like happiness, right? But um, rejection and shame is like the lowest that you can feel. And that that's why I think um, our anxiety had so much to do mm-hmm. with um, just outside sources happening and people who like you're not aligned with at that time in your life and even them not being aligned with you at, at that time in their life as well. Um, it's just like the seasons that you go through. Yeah. It's right? like information and, overload. Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> like, yes. 100% information overload, especially like if you're already like dealing with the anxiety and you already have all this thoughts of like, Oh, people are watching me or whatever the situation may be. And then, you know, you throw yourself into your job that might be serving or, you, you know, working customer service retail, like I do or whatever it is, if you have a corporate job and you deal with that kind of stuff, like no matter what, like you're always going to be on edge. But like what works is being able to like reel yourself back in before things start to spiral out of control. And before you really start to convince yourself that something is happening that's not actually happening at all. And I think for me, like when I talk about like sorting out your thoughts, that's what I mean. Like you have to be able to recognize when you're feeling low or when you're feeling high and what that difference is. And you really have to be able to focus on yourself and figure out like what spiraling feels like. And when you're really starting to just like get in your own head or your lower self is starting to speak those negative thoughts to you. And like, I've known people in the past that are on medication for anxiety that like they'd see therapists, they would do everything according, you know, textbook way, but nothing was working for them because at the end of the day, they would take their medicine and think that that, you know, would be the cure all. And in some cases I'm sure it is. And it helps in a lot of different ways. And, but to me, I never, went to a doctor I knew that I was having issues and they were very fucked up issues and I lost 25 pounds because of all of it like you don't need a medical professional to tell you something's wrong with you when that's happening right and the one thing that I didn't want to do like was just add more medication to my rap sheet that I already take every single day Mm -hmm. and I it was hard it was really hard because I would talk to my mom about like getting a therapist but you know paying thousands of dollars wasn't sustainable for my family like they would have absolutely made it work for me but it wasn't it was just another one of those guilty thoughts like how could I strain my parents and ask them to pay for something like that for me if I don't know for sure that you know it's going to work for me or I'm going to like whoever I get paired up with so Mm -hmm. I just kind of like dealt with it but it was very scary because you get on social media or like Twitter, for instance, which I have had deactivated for like a month now, thank God. But you'll get on there and people that have mental illnesses will create this stigma that, you know, you have to go to a doctor to talk about it. Like you can't just talk to your family or your friends about it. Like it's not okay to be self-diagnosing if you're a hypochondriac. But like if you know that something is fucked up, like you've already made the first step. You've acknowledged that something in your life is not vibrating the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. But I think for me that made it even harder because I didn't have anybody that was really willing to like hash it out with me. And like I had Deidre, who's my best friend, but you know, she's never really dealt with anything like that. So I didn't have anybody in like a professional or like a personal position to really help me. Yeah. So I just yeah. like kind of had to figure it out on my own. But like <laughs> that was like a roller coaster. Like, lots of highs and lots of really, really low lows and then, like, plateaus. And, like, finally I'm in just, like, this state of, like, I'm fine. Everything is fine. I can control it. But, like, it's scary until you get to that peak point. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's, like, it's so important, which now you are living with so much purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Isn't it crazy? 
relate so much with that. Um, and that's how I feel too. We, we've been on this journey of self-awareness for so long and you just get to a point where you're like, all right, I know a bitch is getting depressed right now. I'm going to go for my walk or mm-hmm. I'm going to meditate or I'm going to visualize how I want to feel. And it's like so important to have that self-awareness. And, um, I was just about to say, um, something relating to what you were saying when you would like lay in the bed or you had no one to relate to. And it was like getting on social media and seeing everybody's perfect fucking life. Mm -hmm. And it's, nobody has a perfect life. Everybody has those moments where, um, you are anxious and you are really, or you were really sad. Um, I really don't believe there's like a happy person and they're all just always happy all the time. Well, there's no not way. sustainable. <laughs> there's just not, there is no way you have to have both. You mm-hmm. have to have the highs to get or the lows to have the highs. And, um, I just remember at like my peak depression. Oh my God. Just thinking about it. Like just it like puts so sad, weight it? on my chest. Yeah. Um, because I remember, we were supposed to go somewhere. I think we were supposed to go to dinner. And the entire day, I could not stop crying. And I'm like, why the fuck am I crying? Like, for no reason. I just can't stop crying and having constant panic attacks and, like, all that stuff. And uh, we were, like, walking up his parents' driveway to go eat dinner or to go do something to go meet them. And I just remember sitting on an ice chest, like, on their front porch and I just couldn't stop crying. I was like, I can't, I don't know what is wrong with me. I don't know what's going on. I have to go to the doctor. I have to do something. Um, and this was probably three or four months after this constant battle with myself. And Matt was like, okay, like, what do we need to do? Do we need to bring you to the doctor? What, like, do you need to just start exercising more? Do you need to start eating healthier? Like what else can you do if you don't want to try that? Cause he knows how, very passionate I am about like big pharma and all that stuff. Oh yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't want to add cause I know, I mean, I went through pharmacology and nursing school. Mm-hmm. I know what depression medicine does to people. I know mm-hmm. what anxiety medicine does to people. And, um, for some people it's not, it's not bad. Like it will help you throws the bandaid on. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. But, um, for some people, it also will fuck up your brain chemistry worse and turn, like, put you in a spiral that is much worse than what you're at. No, and no, I God. couldn't bear the thought of that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I was like, I have like the chills thinking. About, like, what yeah, I was like, I will just stay <laughs> this way. I would rather stay this way than get this times three. Seriously. And um, I just started to like Google how to holistically get rid of depression how to holistically get rid of anxiety and i would just like search that kind of stuff all the time and um i mean here i am yeah, here it works, right? <laughs> um i would meditate and i would journal and i would visualize i even did eft tapping really like like i tried everything i only did it once because i just like i've heard it it's felt- so draining and so exhausting it felt good afterwards, but I just, I don't think that it really did anything for me. I was just so desperate. Yeah, I was like, I don't care anything. what I have to do. And then, um, and it sucked also because I couldn't exercise the way that I used to because I would start getting my heart rate up and then I would start getting anxiety really mm-hmm. bad. So I would have to like seriously 
just walk slowly. Dude, I relate to that. Like, just with my own body issues and, like, my blood pressure, that happens to me, too. And so you can imagine when all of that was undiagnosed and I didn't know what the fuck was going on with my body. Yeah. I was like, um... Is, like, is this normal? Is this okay? Because, like, I am an athlete through and through. Like, I traveled for basketball for the better part of my life. My sister did, too. And, like, we were just very active. So once, you know, all my mental health got thrown the fuck out of whack and then my body started acting up, people had questions about what was wrong with me and why I didn't want to do anything. And then they had questions about, like, why I was complaining about, like, hives on my chest or a racing heart or other things. And they're like, oh, it's all in your head. You're making it up. And the more you think about it, the more those things start to emulate. And I think a lot of that kind of discouraged me from talking, especially sometimes to my family about it, because when I was younger, they would always say that, like, if I made a big deal out of something, that I was lying about it. And, like, that stuck with me for a really long time. And, like, sometimes it was true when I was little, okay? But we're talking, like, five, six years old little. Yeah. Flash forward or fast forward to when you're, I was what, 17, 18 years old when all of this was really at the peak and nobody fucking believed me. I'm like, why would yeah. I be making this up and coming to you? And like, of course, you know, I did my own same thing. Like, how can I do this naturally at home remedies? You know, uh-huh. what's going to work for me? And like started actively doing that kind of stuff. And I love that you brought up that you search for holistic things too, because I, she, I guess would say a former family friend, she no longer talks to any of us. Um, but she owned her own um, energy healing shop where I'm from, up in Indiana, and she offered me a free Reiki session, which you have had before, but if you're listening and you have no clue what a Reiki session is, it basically is an energy healing session where your chakras get aligned from like your crown down to your root, so above your head and like through your pelvic area, and it basically puts everything back in line that's been thrown out of whack. And I got that done and I could not stop crying. And she's like, you're going to have a flood of emotions. Like after it sets in like a couple hours later, like you'll want to make sure that you don't have anything to do and you can just like stay at home and journal and like do whatever, you know, cleanse the sage. She, she sent me home with so much shit. And it was in that moment. It was sometime in October or September, two years ago, I think. I just remember sitting on my bed and I just like had a final moment of clarity and I was like, I'm done with this depression. I am done with all of this. Like there's no more room for a sad version of myself. Cause Uh like, you know me now as like the person that I have always been. Like you stepped into me when I'm like getting back to myself, but for a very long time, I wasn't like the bubbly goofy, (laughs) like having Uh a good time, Mary. Like I looked like shit my hair was so dead and like it's not fabulous now but I at least take care of myself now and it's just so crazy like I have chills just thinking about like what I was and like what my environment caused me to become so I feel like obviously we have control and we can google things and you know we can go to see the people that we need to see or get on medicine if that's what we feel we need to do but like there has to be something that we do that like connects us back to ourselves as a human being, you know, and like you have to yeah. do those things, even if it's just like journaling and get those mm-hmm. thoughts out of your head. Like you have to do something productive and it can't just be thinking about it because the more you think about it with depression or anxiety, the worse it's going to get. Right. Yeah. And you can't just depend on, um, that's what bothers me about it so much when, 
people go to the doctor and there is nothing else that is addressed other than you have depression and giving you medicine. I have no issue. If you think you need medicine, then I don't have an issue with that. Go Mm -hmm. get it. Um, But don't just stop there. You need to change other things as well. You need to either change your environment. There might be if you are an empath, you are feeling other people's shit. I don't care if you if you realize it or not. Yeah, um, you uh, you can literally absorb someone else's negativity. You mm-hmm. can absorb someone else's depression. You're absorbing other people's anxiety and their worries and their fears and all that stuff. And if it's multiple people, that is a lot of fucking energy. Mm-hmm. And that's why with the Reiki stuff, uh, that's why that kind of stuff is so important. Energy healing is not normalized enough like oh it's, we, st- it's still witchy juju hippie it's bullshit weird right yeah. like okay well it's weird but it heals people and it fucking is needed um and so, it has been for thousands of years let me just throw that into the mix like what do you think the chinese <laughs> right. and like buddhist people and like thai people of the world do well and that's why they're like super happy right <laughs> and better than americans they're healthier in a lot of ways yeah, and I also think that meditation and journaling and visualizing, those are, like, small ways to do, like, some energy healing for yourself if you if you don't want to go all out and, like, do the full-on chakra healing. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, which you can still cleanse yourself completely if you just go and do it in different ways. So, like, you need to do spiritually, emotionally physically mm-hmm. um all of the things like don't just go to the doctor and get medicine and think your depression is just gonna be fine yeah. um because what are you gonna do you have an after plan like are you just gonna stay on it forever you don't want to stay on it forever it's not fucking good for you no it'll mess your body um, up so much and if you need it for an extended amount of time that's I mean, obviously, you need it for however long you need it, but you do not want to be on it forever. And you are going to have to go through some emotions to get to the point where you want to be. That's just how it is. And I think that there's also, like, this silver lining of depression, and we don't talk about it enough, where it's, it's good to go through that really, really dark time because then you can appreciate it when you are in your best, like Mm -hmm. you're happy again. You don't want to go back there. You want to keep yourself from doing whatever the fuck you did to get there. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to go through that again. So Mm -hmm. like, I think that it's, it's kind of like just, it's the duality of nature. Like you have to have that really fucking low, low that breaks you and shatters you and just destroys you to never go back there again and to be able to, you know, still go through those low points and be okay through it. You know what I mean? And I think it's something as humans, we all innately experience because, you know, regardless of the type of person that you are or claim to be, we all feel emotions. We all experience losing loved ones. We all experience failing at things, whether it's a job or changing, you know, your career path or your degree path, like whatever it is, we all go through the same experiences at some point in our life. It's just that some people experience those things sooner than others. And I am a prime example of that. I have been experiencing death from a very young age. And then, you know, my senior year of high school, I lost six people, five people between my senior year and sophomore year of college. And like, 
we are partially responsible for the things that go on in our lives and the things that lead us to those depressive episodes or years or moments, like whatever you want to call it, we all have some sort of responsibility. And I feel like the responsibility that I'm talking about is the self-care responsibility because I feel like in some ways if I would have cared a little bit more about myself and what I was doing as a product of the things that I was experiencing, I probably would not have spiraled as much out of control, if at all, um, if I you know, would have actually cared. And I think there comes a point where it's not like a maturing process, but in some ways it is where we have to become conscious of that. Like there's such a stigma in our society that putting ourselves first or performing any sort of like self-care or setting aside even just like an hour to focus on you and not give your attention to someone else, like that's frowned upon. It's uh-huh. taboo and we're all very much um, socialized with this go, go, go kind of, you know, persona or ego or whatever it is, you know, to work toward the American dream. Very seldom, unless you go to a place like Hawaii or for me moving a place, you know, moving from Indiana to a place like here, if you're not experiencing a different like a change in pace of life where you're forced to slow down or you actually have the opportunity to slow down sometimes it's hard to make those you know find those windows for yourself but it's necessary especially if you're in a place like northern indiana or in michigan or pennsylvania or fucking alaska where it's winter right now and it's dark all the time like you have to make sure that you're setting time aside for yourself and understand that being selfish is not a bad thing. Being selfless means that you aren't focused on yourself, you're focused on somebody else. Being selfish means that you're focusing on you. And here, at least, in my universe, the world that I live in, that is encouraged and that's accepted and that's what should be happening because for so long I neglected myself, but not only did that end up affecting me, it ended up affecting Steven in our relationship, especially in the beginning because I was in such a volatile place and still making mistakes and doing things that my past or my lower self wanted me to do. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize until I was like, basically until Steven was like, figure it the fuck out, what is wrong with you? That I was like, oh, it's okay to focus on Mary. I don't need to be worried about what people are thinking of me, you know, okay. what their concern is. My main concern should be myself, the people that I love the most and making it to the next day. And that was my mantra. Literally, he would tell me in like my worst points where I'd be super anxious. Like I would call him like 16 times in a row if he didn't answer me because I didn't know if he'd be in class, if like what he was doing, if he was in a car accident, like I would freak out until he would answer his phone. And sometimes he would have to leave class to do that. And like it became a problem. So Uh he, he would ingrain into my mind one day at a time. Just worry about today. Don't think six months in advance. Don't think a month in advance. Don't even think a week in advance. Think about today and today only. Mm-hmm. And even still, he told me that like three and a half years ago. And that's the one thing that I am always reminding myself of is just do what you can today. Even if that makes making like a to-do list of five things and you can only get two and a half or three of them done, so be it. You did something yeah. that was better than nothing. Absolutely. I think it goes for mental health too. Like you, like you just have to take it a step at a time. Whatever the fuck that means to you, it has to be a step at a time, but it needs to be in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that um, when we go from 
a certain point in our lives to like something completely different. For example, you graduate high school, you go straight into college Mm -hmm. and say you like move away or you, um, or even still living with your parents. It's still a big change. It's Mm -hmm. still very unfamiliar. Um, you have to learn to uh, not necessarily learn to adapt, but have a plan for adapting, like make sure that you you're aware that change is a big deal. Like I know every time I go through a change, I'm like, I know I'm going to have anxiety. Not that, not that I'm like manifesting that on purpose, but I'm just aware. I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do through this change. And I knew I'm going to reach a little bit of resistance. Like that comes with any change, no matter what it is, because your body and your mind and your soul, they, it it knows. It literally wants to reject change. Exactly. And, um, my boyfriend, he's a double Taurus. So, He's resistant to any change. Um, and <laughs> he'll even tell me, he's like, okay, like he, he's got this self-awareness journey going too now because I've kind of just <laughs> forced everybody around me. <laughs> no, because point. when your vibration rises, so does other people. So you rising is yeah. lifting him. So Yeah, and he's realizing that and he's noticing all of these things and it's weird for him and he's experiencing anxiety for the first time in his life a couple months ago. He experienced depression for the first time in his life and he's about to be 25 in a couple months and um i was just like honestly so supportive through that because i'm like you supported me for so long like i i understand what you're going through because anytime you reach a new level or you change something and it's like one step up right new level new devil i don't care what it is something something else is going to follow and you're going to have to go through something Mm -hmm. like you just have to expect that throughout your life and it's not a bad thing it's not bad it's good because it's it's forcing you into these situations that you have to learn like you have to learn lessons so that in the future whatever you're doing or whatever your purpose is you can teach other people these lessons or you know not to do certain things in the future you know how to sort out those thoughts and get yourself to the success that you really want to be at yeah and i forgot what my whole point was in the beginning but it was about anxiety and like making sure that self-care is number one Mm -hmm. because you have to have some kind of self-care routine for every single day and anytime i have ever done um like a like a program or anything like that i any of my clients i am like okay number one is not your fitness program number one is not your nutrition program number one is taking care of your fucking self Mm -hmm. and um because without that you you can't have success in in anything (laughs) i don't know what happened to her eyelash oh my god start with yourself and create that sustainable routine for yourself um for me that's in early in the morning i have to like start slow um i can't like turn on the tv or anything like that that just like starts to like stimulate my anxiety so mm-hmm. i don't watch the news <laughs> people are like I have a news app that tells me what's local and what I need to know that's a big deal, and that's enough. I do not put news on my television. Talk about anxiety. Yeah, (laughs) my grandma, it's so funny, she'll be like, okay, we're going to watch whatever she watches. And um, I'm like, I don't watch the news. And 
you don't watch the news? <laughs> Do you know anything that's going on? I'm like, no, and I don't want to. No, my grandparents are NPR freaks. Like, you walk into their <laughs> house and they just have NPR on, and I'm like, I can't listen to this. Like, I know I need to hear it, but, like, I can't tune in. Well, like think about those people who have, um, like, Fox News on their TVs all damn day, literally for, like, eight hours a day. How can you not have anxiety after that? My dad, literally, my entire life, first of all, we call him um, meteorologist Dave because he missed his calling. Like, this man should have gone to school to be a meteorologist. I'm not kidding. Like, he doesn't even need to look at any forecast. Like, he knows what the fuck's going on. It's crazy. But he'll sit in front of the TV and he'll just flip through. It'll be like ESPN Sports. And then he'll go to, like, his news channels. And it'll just be back and forth all day. That's and my mom funny. and I are always, like, when I'm up there, like, we'll just be looking at each other like, aren't you bored, Dad? Like, what? <laughs> How do you just sit there and watch that? my mom's like, I don't want to listen to people yell at each other and blah, blah, blah. It gets my blood going because she has high blood pressure. And I'm like, Mom, I know. So she just watches, like, RuPaul's Drag Race reruns <laughs> and Judge Judy. That's hilarious. And my dad will be upstairs just watching the same thing over and over and over and over again. I'm like, Dad. Oh, my god. Is it ten times enough? Like, you've already heard that. That is so funny. But, like, I do the same thing, like, yeah, in the morning, I don't turn the TV on either. Like, aside from right now, I have it on to, like, distract the dogs because my neighbors are probably the most annoying people in the entire universe. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I... Stephen and I are so weird. We, but, okay, I wouldn't call it weird, but we kind, we just like the silence sometimes, you know? We don't have cable, so we have Netflix or um, Hulu, and, like, it's fine, but it kind of helps to be able to, like, only have, like, those apps to, like, tune into because, uh-huh. like, in the beginning of the year, I made it a goal to, like, not turn the TV on until noon, like, if I were home, um, mm-hmm. just so I could get other stuff done, listen to podcasts, read, just, like, make time for myself, but, like, I feel like the second I turn the TV on, like, I have some of those anxious feelings, but it's more so, like, feeling guilty about having it on now that I'm kind of, like, in the habit of keeping it off and just having, like, a productive morning time, I'm, like, it just makes me want to sit on the couch and do nothing. Yeah, like, same. I hate feeling like that because then, like, my lower self is like, you're not doing enough. Like, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. Like, look at the, all the fucking laundry you could be washing. So, yeah, I feel like TV is like somewhat, whenever it's like at my house, obviously not if it's at somebody else's, but um, when it's at my house, I feel like it's somewhat of a trigger for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, I just remember <laughs> I would like smoke weed all day watch tv and eat mm-hmm. and like just like when i was depressed yeah so i when the tv comes on it like it's not that i like remember it or anything like that but it just like brings up it, like that catapults trigger. you back into that feeling sometimes yeah and uh so i don't even turn it on like if we're unless we're going to actually lay down watch a movie eat popcorn or something like that mm-hmm. like it has to be kind of a planned thing because I will just spiral into like laying down and watching TV all day. And um, I don't want to do that because it does give me anxiety too. Because I'm like, I could be cleaning or going to the gym. I could be doing other things. I could be working on my business. Like all of these things, right? So I only like keep it for relaxing. (laughs) I mean, because especially for our generation, it may be less so for someone like me who traveled for basketball and like we didn't have a lot of time at home. So when we were home, it was, you know, doing homework or, you know, 
finally having five minutes to relax and like catch up on sleep. So like, I'm not going to say that I didn't have my binging episodes where I would literally watch an entire season of One Tree Hill in one day because in my lowest that happened. We're talking, we're talking like 22 fucking episodes, dude. I'm not kidding. From like 7 a.m. Yes. to 5 p.m., I would lay on the chase of my mom's sectional and just watch One Tree Hill. Yep. And like sometimes I'll think back to that and in those moments I didn't realize that like I was kind of spiraling into that depressive state. But nobody else was really noticing it either. They're like, You really haven't moved all day? Like what are you doing? Like nobody yeah. really pointed it out. And like no one in my family I shouldn't say no one because people in my family have experienced depression, but I feel like unless you really are experiencing it yourself and you've gotten yourself out of the place that you're in, you've forgiven yourself, you've forgiven, you know, people that should have been there for you or whatever the situation may be, you've done all the healing that you need to do. I feel like sometimes until you get to that point, you don't really know. Uh And I think that's what makes it hard to be a friend of somebody that is depressed because like I'll see people on Facebook or I would see them on Twitter posting about like, oh, this is how I feel. Um, you know, this is what's going on. I don't have anybody to check up on me or I'll see people sharing like the most depressing posts and stuff like that with no likes, nobody commenting. It's like, sometimes I'll say stuff, but I've also kind of gotten to a point where I've learned I just need to observe and I don't need to be saying something to everybody. But there's a girl that I was talking to not long ago. She's one of my good friends and someone she was friends with. Um, was getting upset with her and other people, and they're no longer friends anymore, as far as I can tell from what she told me. But basically, this other friend um, was getting mad that people weren't checking in on her, and she's like, oh, you know, I'm so depressed, blah, blah, blah. Like, you talk about, you know, wanting your friends to be there for you, and basically what my friend had told me was that um, she had been posting everything on every single social media site, with updates, like not even really giving people the chance to check in and ask how you're doing, what's going on, because they're putting it out there for everybody to see and then getting mad they're not hearing about it. But what my friend said was that like, well, they're putting it out on social media. So why did I feel the need to reach out to them personally? And right. like, I, I see both sides of it because as you know, someone who once was so low and didn't really have anybody in their physical life to help, like sometimes I would post things, but it wouldn't be outwardly like I'm depressed. Like, right. I have this going on, I have that going on. It would just be, like, windows into how I was feeling. And, like, still people wouldn't pick up on it. But I think it really is that lack of awareness. Like, you were talking about a little bit ago, just knowing once you get those thoughts or those feelings, like, you kind of know what you need to do to make sure that doesn't happen or that they yeah. don't stick with you throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like I forgive all the people that didn't know how to handle me or the people, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, I was toxic to myself and to other people, but... I think it kind of goes both ways. So not only do we have the responsibility for ourselves, especially as people who have experienced it, but we kind of have that responsibility for our friends as well to just kind of pick up on it. Because sometimes you don't know when they're experiencing it either, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so important for people like you and I to plant the seeds Mm -hmm. like we're doing right now. And we're literally about to plant the seed to like a thousand people your audience and my audience. And so many of these people need to hear that all they need is awareness. Mm -hmm. All they need to do is heal and start to like pick up the pieces. And I just think that that's so important because that's the only way that I got through it is other people planting seeds in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I would see things like, like I would listen to podcasts about this, um, about deep trauma healing. Like 
how that replates re- relates to depression mm-hmm. so much and anxiety as well. It really does. And, yeah, and um, I think it, it is a lot of physical things, right? Like it's your environment too, and it could be you're not doing enough um, for yourself and things like that. But I think it also has a lot to do with really deep rooted shit that we haven't dealt with and things that maybe we suppressed as children, things that we were told as children, our beliefs, kind of like your mini sewed um, about limiting beliefs and mm-hmm. like literally it's just crazy how all of it comes together and you have to, it's just this big journey. It it's is. just this big shit show, but it's like a beautiful shit show <laughs> because you turn into this like really pretty butterfly after you're a really ugly caterpillar. <laughs> no, seriously. And like the whole journey, like everything that you just said is like to the T, like so important to know, but like, it's also important for people to know, especially in a potentially like rough volatile state right now, that it is okay to feel everything and it's necessary to feel everything. Like if you're mad, be mad. If you're frustrated, be frustrated. If you're sad, be sad. If you're happy one day, then be happy that day. Like you have to feel those things in order to figure out if it's something that's deep rooted, like you're saying, which a lot of the time I think is the case. And I think that especially is true for like our parents' generation. Like my parents are baby boomers. So especially for them, I think that is something that really sticks with them and it kind of trickles down into our generation and like the unwillingness to talk about it or open up about it. But then like you'll see all these posts like people complaining about people putting their emotions out there, like expressing opinions. But it's like we're all humans and every single one of us are supposed to be feeling things. And if we're not feeling things then something really, really is wrong. But like the most important thing I hope that people take away from this is that it's okay to feel how you are right now. There's nobody and nothing in this world that is able to invalidate that in any way, shape or form. Because at the end of the day, I don't think that any one of us could look ourselves in the mirror and say that we haven't had some of those thoughts or those Mm -hmm. low points. And I think it's just important that like, even if you're on your own and you know you are doing what Emily and I have done um and you're like googling things <laughs> and yeah. you're going to energy healers or you're doing just like what feels right like you have to know that even if you feel alone right now it won't be like that in the end cuz I right. think I would never find people that have experienced things like me like deep hard shit I found you I found mm-hmm. Celine like mm-hmm. I have Steven and we've gone through like the hardest shit that he will ever go through in his entire life already. Like my best friend Deidre has been through some really hard shit and it's just every single day. It's like I wake up and I have that validation that everything that I have gone through is worth it because mm-hmm. now I have my purpose. I have potential. I have things that I'm working for things that like literally the other day that when we were talking, like I'm voice messaging you and I'm thinking to myself like, Oh my God, or no, I was standing literally right here behind me <laughs> reading one of your messages, getting ready to respond to you. And I was like, I'm talking to somebody who is so fucking like-minded who is so on the same wavelength as me and we're talking about building our own creative businesses like myself even just like three four years ago if you would have said that to me that first of all I'd be living in Texas and that'd be the conversation that I was having I would have laughed in your face Mm -hmm. I'm like what the fuck are you talking about like what do I deserve or what have I done to deserve anything like that Mm -hmm. I've done some shitty things I've done things that I'm embarrassed about things that I'm ashamed about But it's nothing that I regret 
Because if yeah. lower self, Mary, wouldn't have done all of that shit, I wouldn't be existing as the person that I am today. And yeah. I think it's important people realize that. Like, there is real-life character development to be had. And especially when you are someone who's struggling, struggling with depression or anxiety and you feel like you're not in your body or like you're not yourself or like you just literally have no idea what to do. Like, girlfriend, you are stepping into the person that you are supposed to be, that you are going to be. It just yeah. takes that consistency and that self-love and that self-care and putting yourself first. Not your yeah. nutrition, not your fitness, yourself, because everything else will follow. Just like yeah. how Matthew started to follow your energy. Like, That's, it literally is contagious. Exactly. Like, that. that is your soul evolving. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. We're just a bunch of souls having a human experience and that's just what this life comes with mm -hmm. like literally if you don't have issues like you're fucking blessed you really? are like on live whatever because you've lived a ton and you've learned a lot of fucking lessons yeah um and that's just the whole thing is like i'm so thankful for all of those lessons and all of the shitty friends, all of the shitty situations, all of the shitty boyfriends <laughs> that I've had, because like my life now is, is so it's full of abundance and full mm -hmm. of like just tons of gratitude. I couldn't even imagine my life differently, but a year ago or two years ago, um, you couldn't have told me that I would feel this way or that I would have this level of awareness and level of just like trust in yourself. Yeah. Just that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's amazing. Um, the lessons that you have to learn, like you are given these lessons, right? Mm. By God, the universe. And, um, you, it's, it's your choice whether you want to keep repeating your patterns or you want to fucking learn to stop, stop repeating them mm -hmm. and stop doing it. Cause that's the only way you're going to get to where you need to be. And guess what? With every soul involvement, every level, there's a new pattern that you're going to have to get rid of. <laughs> and then there's a new pattern and then there's a new pattern. It doesn't end. Like, it's not like this. Okay. I finally reached this part. <laughs> like you were talking about Nirvana yeah. yesterday. Right. Yeah. Uh, like I finally reached this goal and now I'm just going to stay happy. No, you're not because you're going to want another goal and then you're going to have to up level again and you're just going to keep having to go through that. So it's like, I'm just so thankful for every single up level because I can call it out now yeah. and I'm like, okay, what's going to come with this one? Yeah. Like fucking bring it on because I've handled however many in the past, like anything yeah. that is going to come up in the future. I know I have dealt with something 15,000 times worse. So bring it on. Yeah. Because this like, bitch can handle bitch. it. <laughs> Like, it's insane, though. Like, I, if you if you would have told me that we'd be having a conversation like this two and a half years ago, I would have fucking yeah. laughed in your face and made this same exact face. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. No way. But, like, it's insane because the second that you start putting yourself first, it sounds cliche. You see all of the freaking Pinterest posts about it. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, the second that you start putting yourself first, things start changing. And yeah. you keep up leveling and like you're explaining, like other people in your life will keep leveling up too. And like, we have to keep dealing with those patterns and breaking, you know, the toxic and bad behaviors and the things that aren't leading us to success. But like, that's just human life. Like we right. are these balls of energy having a human experience. And I fully believe that I have already lived a ton of lives and you know, everybody 
that I have met in the past that, you know, either out of state for work or whatever it is that they're just meeting me for the first time, they'll ask me like how old I am and I'll tell them. And I'm 23 now, but I remember when it happened, I was 21 and it was in Illinois. So this was two years ago. And this girl looked at me, she's 27 years old. And she's like, how old are you? Like, cause we were just talking about real life stuff. And I'm just, you know, speaking my mind like I always do. And I told her, I was like, I just turned 21 in February. And this was in like May or June. And she's like, are you for real? Because I thought you were at least like 25 years old. And I was like, well, my mom has always told me that I'm an old soul, but I never really understood what that meant. Uh -huh. Like, as I keep evolving, I'm like, shit. Like, I have been so different from so many people in my life for so long, even yes. as, like a first or second grader. And like, just now at 23 years old, it's starting to make sense. I'm like, oh, maybe yes. I'm expressing myself a little bit more. Whenever you like wake up and you, I guess I would say I went through like, an awakening or something like some kind of spiritual awakening it's like everything everything makes sense yeah. it's literally you you go from this like gray whatever unawareness <laughs> kind of just like whatever and then everything's like vibrating colors and it's like whoa everything makes sense like the old soul thing all of the pinterest board posts and all that stuff like you know the the cliche quotes and all that like you look at it and you're like that's like for real. You can finally read you between the lines. Like you should not just post that on your Instagram and be like, "Yeah, you're this Sparkle and this." Sparkle like, emoji. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. Like for real, girl. Like listen to that shit. <laughs> Seriously, because there I see that a lot too, and especially when I was on Twitter, I'd see people posting things like that, and I'm like, if only you wouldn't dismiss that as you know weird or you know, yeah. hippie juju shit. Like if people would just give the self-love game and like the holistic health and healing a chance, lives would change immensely. Like my, 110%. Uh, for sure. My attitude towards it now is like, you think this is a fucking joke? Like, Seriously. I'm like, stop. These graphics and these quotes are not a joke, bitch. Like, <laughs> stop taking them so lightly you know seriously like, like it's out there with purpose and like all jokes aside like before we end this episode like we are 110 percent for real when we say you have to feel everything you have to sort it out you have to take it a day at a time and like i know it sounds overwhelming and you're like okay where's my you know where are the instructions with this package like how do i assemble this uh -huh. and you can't really give anybody a set direction for how to heal something and that's why I want to you know I am working on my program so that I can help to show people like it doesn't matter my experience is so unlike yours and my experience is so unlike Steven's but in a lot of ways we all have experienced similar things like I said earlier we're all humans at some point or another we're all going to experience a the same thing a loss you know whatever it is and it's important to remember like Emily said, put yourself first. If you're on a nutrition plan, it's not your nutrition or your fitness goal or guide or whatever the, whatever the fuck it is that you're following. That's not what comes first. It has to be you, you know, and here's another cliche, like every single day you wake up with yourself and you go to bed with yourself, regardless if you're sleeping next to someone else every single night, like I do, you are still your own individual person. And that means that your life path is unique and it's different than everybody else's. So that means that every single day you have to do what works for you. You have to feel everything that you need to feel. You have to look back to your childhood, like Emily was saying earlier, and really 
get to the root cause, heal those traumas, which by the way, I will have all of her stuff linked in the description of this episode. She dives into her story and shares some really raw, hard shit, but it's so worth it to listen because one, you'll get to know her way better if you aren't already following her, but two, it just shows you like people experience real life shit. And just because like you hear it happen to celebrities or you hear it in the news doesn't mean it's not happening to your neighbor or somebody else that you're closely related to or have a mutual friend with. Like every single person is going to feel like shit at some point. They're going to have something shitty happen to them, but you can't let that become the best of you because if it becomes the best of you, it actually is the worst of you. And then it becomes really, really, really fucking hard to let that stuff go. And Emily and I can speak to that because we have both had to do that over and over and over again for different situations, but we're here and you should see the smiles on our faces. Like it's insane. (laughs) And like, once you start focusing on yourself and you really do start healing and you let go of the people and the experiences and the intangible things in your life that need to be let go of, you're making room for all of those respective things that belong in your life forever. You have to let go of the temporary if you want to meet the permanent. And I think for me, you are definitely like a permanent tribe member. And it's just insane. Like once you start, you know, letting go of all those self-limiting beliefs, like I talked about on Wednesday and really working toward your highest self and appreciating what your lower self did for you, girlfriend, your life changes. I swear to God, (laughs) it seriously does. Yes, 100%. So thank you so much for hopping on with me. I'm so excited. Obviously people aren't hearing this now because we're recording, but I'm so excited to release this and just really touch other people and for your new program coming out and I'm just so excited for everything. I'm so happy. This just feels like it was just like me chilling at your house with you, just mm-hmm. chatting. Yeah. Like it, it didn't even feel like we were recording, but no. uh, I loved this so much. I'll have to have you on mine as well, or we'll have to do like multiple with yeah. each other. This is amazing. So amazing. So I'm going to leave my Instagram stuff and Emily's as well as her podcast link in the description. Uh, because like I tell you guys at the end of every episode, I love to hear from you, obviously. But it's really fun to get your guys' thoughts, inputs, opinions, whatever, um, just to include in the episodes. Like, you guys are experiencing life just as we are. So if something we've said in here has touched you, you want to get in contact and talk with one of us a little bit more about what you can do or, you know, what's not working, our doors are literally always open. Like, we are empaths through and through. Like, it doesn't matter the time of day. Maybe it does, because I get in bed at, like, 7.45 every night. (laughs) But (laughs) anything, like, we are here to serve. We have done work. We continue to do the work in, you know. All we want for you guys is to understand you're human, too, and you're deserving of every single thing that you want. So thank you so much. Yes. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in.